Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, Indiana Hoosier fans, and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman. And today we'll be previewing the Cream and Crimson game that is taking place on Friday evening in Bloomington at 7 o'clock at Memorial Stadium. We'll get into more details on that. We'll go into uh, what players and trends we, uh, we're keeping an eye on, how spring practice went. And uh, there is some other news. Uh, before we get to that, we welcome in TJ Inman. TJ, how are you doing on this gorgeous spring day in Indianapolis? Yeah, doing very well. A uh, little little natural sunlight does wonders to help the help the mood. I, it uh, feels very nice outside. I'm sitting on my on my deck uh, right now doing this, and um, you know, excited for the spring game. Not necessarily because it's going to be you know super entertaining or anything, but it's just another marker that uh, we're you know nearing or at least getting closer to football season. Uh, it's just one of those milestones you have every off season that. Um, you know, we're going to talk about this. What does it mean? Just another point of info to use as you prepare for the season. Yeah, it's it's basically the the final practice of spring practice. It's right Indiana this this season, uh, especially. It's going to be different, seeing that uh, Jack Tuttle isn't going to participate, and Michael Penix has been limited due to coming off of a knee injury. And they only have one other quarterback, Peyton Ramsey. So it's kind of almost like those old, old school recess games where somebody's all-time quarterback, uh, and uh, you know you, you play both ways. But some other news uh, to get out of the way: TJ uh, Mo Burnham and uh, linebacker Mo Burnham and tight end Sean Bonner are no longer with the program. Uh, they hadn't been participating in spring practice, so. Uh, that opens up two scholarships down the road. They'll probably go on to, to, to walk-ons this year, uh, which is good to see. Uh, but then for the 2020 class, it opens up two as well, which, you know, in the past, these are guys that IU has hung on to, uh, you know, for for four years, and, and it's kind of carrying around uh, dead weight. But we wish them, wish them both the best, and, and hopefully mm-hmm. they can continue their football careers elsewhere. Uh, also announced uh, this afternoon uh, was some future schedule updates. So do grab your calendars uh, and mark them down in 2023. Uh, IU will host Indiana State on September 9th. It uh, replaces a, a game that was pre- uh, previously scheduled at UMass. So uh, if you didn't know, IU had a home-and-home uh, date with UMass and uh that they played in 2012. That's where Trey Roberson got hurt. They played at Gillette Stadium, and, and uh, they canceled the back end of that. Uh, UMass's football program is kind of a mess, uh, and mm-hmm. they never really took uh, to that uh, FBS level. So we'll see what level of football they're at in 2023. But 
Uh, it's just disappointing that IU back then gave up a home game uh, to go on the road and, and play in Massachusetts. Really doesn't uh, benefit IU football that much. Also in 2023, IU will host Akron on September 23rd. This game replaces a scheduled game uh, with Charlotte. That was at home. Uh I like that move. Akron makes sense. It's close. Uh, you know, it's it's a beatable Mac school. They've had good yep. uh, good luck against Akron in the past. It's a game uh, that is in the area, um, so to speak. You'll get some Akron fans there, and uh, that's a good move uh, with them. Also in 2024, Indiana flip-flops games. Uh, home game with Charlotte has moved to September 21st. Uh, from the 28th, uh, and it's a game with Rutgers is moved from the 28th to, or to the 28th, 20th. So some future schedule info if if you guys are planning your travel schedule for 2023 and 2024. Uh, there you go. And, and non-conference schedule is going to be a topic we talk about TJ uh, later in the season because it, it's a big deal. I've seen lots of mm-hmm. fan comments on that IU needs to step up their their non-conference schedule, uh, which I, I wholeheartedly disagree with uh, when you're building a program, especially with nine conference games in the Big Ten, uh, but we'll get into that at a later date. Uh, so let's get into uh, the how spring practice has been. I was down at uh, four or five spring practices over my spring break. It was good to see the team in person. Uh, some quick takeaways from me. Uh, where, you know, before Jack Tuttle uh, came down with his illness, uh, he, he, looked, he looked pretty good. He, he runs the read option well. He's more, I don't want to say he's more athletic, but he has more speed than I thought he would have. And, and Tom Allen mentioned that as well as, uh, you know, he mentioned he ran track at, at high school. And, you know, he's faster than I thought he looked on tape. Uh, he has a, a really good arm. He's got to get, you know, each of the quarterbacks has to get the offense down coming into the new system. Uh, Peyton Ramsey, he's he's the elder states of that room. Uh, his physical, there's clear physical limitations with his arm strength. Uh, he has thrown some great passes in spring practice, and he's shown that he can run the ball as well. But uh, just you can clearly tell with him throwing the ball. And then Michael Penix, while he hasn't been a full participant uh, as far as team stuff and going live, he has um, he has shown off his arm as well. And, and uh, with only Ramsey playing quarterback in the spring game, they're going to try and get Michael Penix uh, some ways to, to get him, show fans uh, what they have in him. Uh, offensively as well, uh, you know, the offensive line might be missing some guys and then, which is, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. You get to see some of these younger guys uh, step into roles and get the important reps that they need to, to develop. Uh, And then at wide receiver, you know, Miles Marshall, Jacoby Hewitt are are two young guys who have, who have stepped up in addition to, uh, you know, those veterans who have been there in, Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hale, who's, you know, trimmed down and looks a lot smaller on the field. And they have Fry Fogle, uh, Ty Fry Fogle as well. We'll see if they, um, 
Camp Watt plays in the spring game. He's coming off an injury as well. So offensively, that's how they look in, in practice. Uh, defensively, the defense for most of the spring has been ahead of the offense. They look faster. They look more confident. Uh, the secondary and linebackers uh, are athletically look so much better than they have been uh, over the past five or six years at IU. They, they're learning the defense. They know the defense. They don't have to think about it, and it makes them that much faster. Uh, the defensive line, there's been some some concern about depth uh, along the defensive line and mainly in the middle, but if Juan Harris can – you know, take his talents and, and produce on the field. They should be okay if one of these young freshmen come in and, and fill in a hole as well. But the defense ends at TJ uh, James Head. Madison Norris has come along very nicely. Michael Ziemba has had a good spring. There, there's a lot to like about this defense. Uh, I know you haven't been down to practice, but what in the spring game? Uh, just as an overall theme, are you looking uh, forward to? Well, I think the number one thing that I've continued to hear from both yourself and, and Matt Weaver has written about this on Peaks, uh, anybody that I've heard talk about the, the defense is how much overall team speed uh, the defense has. Um, you know, you, you hear the phrases flying around the ball, uh, you know, flying around the field. You hear those, number one, Indiana has this coaching staff has made it a point of emphasis to bring those types of players in. Um, you know, and when you make it a point of emphasis to bring speed in, uh, I don't think it's completely far-fetched or naive to think that your defense is actually going to be fast. Um, you know, the second part of it is that Indiana has it invested a lot in the strength and conditioning program, uh, Dr. Ray, Dave Ballou, uh, and this is another off-season for them to really have had their program in place, and you're not going to see those gigantic leaps that you saw the first off-season, which tells you, you know, kind of where things were at when they got there, and they've said this publicly. Um, You know, you should not see those gigantic leaps again, Uh, but what you should see is those gradual gains And we're seeing that again. You know, guys have more time in that system. So you're bringing in fast players, and you're making them faster. You're maximizing that ability that they have. Uh, And I'm interested to see that on the field. Um, You know, a ton of talented guys in the secondary. And, and, uh, you know, the group that I'm perhaps most interested to see uh, would be the linebackers. You know, in particular, uh, if I had to single out, you know, one guy, uh, I'm really excited to see James Miller uh, and just see him moving out there on the field. He was exciting when he did get to play last season in limited action. Uh, his high school highlight tape is incredibly exciting. And I, I really think that James Miller is going to be, uh, by the time his career said and done, I think he's an NFL linebacker, and I think he's going to be one of the better linebackers we've seen at Indiana. Um, you know, it's setting the bar high based on, you know, just a little bit of info and seeing him. But he's a guy, to me, that just pops. Uh, and I'm excited to see him play. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, obviously you'd love to be able to see Jack Tuttle and Michael Penix out there. Hopefully Penix is able to get involved a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm sure it'll 
completely be non-contact as it should be. But see him out there, um, if for no other, you know, purpose, but to kind of get over any mental block that might be there for him, just getting out of the field again. Uh, and then since we can't see Tuttle, I guess the one thing that I'd look forward to seeing uh, is kind of those, you know, lesser used running backs. Um, and I will single out these guys, but the one that I would kind of be interested to see is uh, Christian Pichak, uh, you know, a Bloomington kid uh, that has kind of taken a, you know, long way to get back to Indiana. Uh, but, you know, he's ready to go. And I, I think he has the ability based on what, uh, we've heard from spring ball. I think he has the ability to be one of those guys that just contributes in little ways during the season and chips in and uh, is able to give you some, you know, some useful carries uh, that we've seen from backs in the past. You know, I don't think his skill set's similar to these guys, but, uh, you know, a rookie Brookins uh, would be somebody that comes to mind as a, a walk-on from Indiana that, you know, is talented, and gets a chance to contribute on the field. And I think Pichak is a guy that can do that as well. Uh, so those are a couple of the guys I'm interested in seeing. Uh, I do not think we're going to, in my opinion, it would be unwise to take any conclusions or even any insights into things based on, oh, Kalen DeBoer called this in this situation, or why did he call that play in this situation? I think it's going to be as just about as vanilla as you can possibly be I don't think we're going to see any insight into who Kalen DeBoer is as a play caller or an offensive coordinator. Um, you know, you might see one or two things differently than what we saw from Mike DeBoer so far, you know, in the spring game. I don't think you're going to see anything that you should take as a conclusion or even an insight into, oh, Kalen DeBoer is going to do this as I use offensive coordinator. Uh, so I would caution people from, from, even going into the spring game with those types of expectations. Yeah, it's they're still working on installing the offense. So yeah, you're yeah. not going to have the Jeff Brom flea flickers or you know end of rounds all that much. You're going to have your your bread and butter offense, ones that you you run when the chips are down on the table and you, and you need to make a play and you need to go to that play that you trust. Those are probably the plays uh, that that you'll see. Uh, you might see a, a few circus plays in terms of getting guys in different positions just for fun to, to yeah. you know, lighten it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, the, the two running backs, you know, Christian Paycheck has has played very well, run hard. You, you look at a guy who can come in and contribute. Uh, Irod Lloyd is is the other to walk on uh, as well who we've talked at length about on um, on the site since last offseason he's a guy who can come in and run hard um, and has a little bit of explosiveness and could be a guy who could get a few carries a game maybe return a kick if needed in a pinch uh, give some guys a rest uh, that, that they need so offensively I think you know my biggest takeaway is can can they effectively run the plays that they're running? I don't want to see drop passes. I don't want to see fumbled snaps and, and things like that. Now, look, the defense might get their takeaways. They're they're playing their game too. Uh, but 
I don't want to see those unforced errors uh, that have haunted IU football uh, for the better part of 30 years. No drop passes, no, you know, inexcusable fumbles, bad picks, things like that. Look, if the defense makes a play, that's one thing. If, you know, the, the ball hits you right in the hands, bounces off of your face, and gets picked off, that you, that can't happen. Um, I'm also looking at special teams, and usually the spring game is not, not a place, you know, where, where you get a good feel on special teams, but IU has a lot to replace there. Uh, in uh, long snapper Dan Gotzel, Jacob Limbaugh has been long snapping uh, right now. They have uh, a freshman who's highly touted coming in, I'd like to see that in kickoffs. You know, they've been shuffling around kickers. And while you're not going to have live kickoffs, you can tell the distance on the kicks and who needs to strengthen their leg and, and all those things. And, you know, we'll see what Hayden Whitehead does as punter, but he's almost as reliable as he could get uh, at, at that position. So just the personnel on special teams I'm looking at. And then, you know, let's shift to the to the to the defense, TJ, unless you have a special teams thing. But what, what well, are you looking to get out of here for defense? I, I did have one question for you offensively. Um, you know, a, a player that – or a position group that I did not touch on. Uh, but I do think it is going to be very interesting with the new offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I've watched a lot of Fresno State tape. Um, and tight end is a – Kevin DeBoer used the tight ends that he had at Fresno State, which is not to say that he will use Indiana's tight ends the same. I mean, the personnel's different. Um, he might not have been using the tight ends uh, the same way he plans on using tight ends at Indiana. Um, but that being said, uh, based on what you have seen from the tight end group uh, so far this spring, you know, TJ Ivey, uh, Sean Bonner is – We've the program, so that, that name's off the list. But, you know, T.J. Ivey um, uh, with Peyton Hendershot, uh, you know, Matt Bjorsen. It's a, it's a good group that Gary Cooper is going to come in and either be a tight end or an H-back or a multi-purpose weapon that I know we're excited about. Um, and I know the coaching staff's very excited to land him. But with the tight ends Indiana currently has, uh, what have been your takeaways from that group? Kind of who you see as maybe having a bigger role than what you anticipated, or uh, things shaken up about the way you thought they would, or anybody look like they're ready to step up and, and have a nice season under DeBoer? Well, I thought Matt Bjorson is a, is one of those players. He started the season off really well last year. He, he's not the yeah. most athletic of guys, but he was a reliable pass catcher. He could get upfield. Um, you know, he had several big catches during the season last year. Uh, he's a guy who has seen more practice reps and is becoming one of those go-to targets on um, for the, for the offense. Now, how much of that is you know who's playing quarterback and what routes are running and, and things like that? But he's a guy sure. who could step up. I thought, you know, I thought he was for sure going to redshirt last year, but he played. I think in all 12 games and but his production just never was there whereas at the beginning of the season uh tj ivy is a is a good looking redshirt freshman 
he'll get in there. They they put him in different positions as far as splitting him out wide, uh, moving him inside. Uh, but you know, Bjorson's more of that H back, you know, traditional tight end. Well, you know, maybe split him out wide a little bit, but uh, use him as that H back behind the line of scrimmage and and, and things like that. Um, you know, Peyton Hendershot. We we all know what Peyton Hendershot could do. He needs to focus on catching the football. There there were times last year where he had some costly yep. drops, uh, especially late in the year. And you know we'll see we'll see who's healthy enough to play in this game from the tight end position. But you, you should get a good look at, at Matt Bjorson. You should get a good look at TJ Ivy. Uh, and just depends on the format of the game. Are they going to go with how banged up in under the weather this team is, are they are they going to play four quarters or is it going to be, you know, maybe a running clock in the second half, do some different things to get other, you know, other guys who probably aren't cleared for contact or they don't want to have to do full contact drills in positions to, you know, make plays and, and get those important reps and, and things like that. So, I think if if you want a sleeper in the tight end room, it, it it's going to be uh, Matt Bjorson. Yeah, but I mean, I I think it's the one thing that I I did notice quite a bit, and I think is going to carry over uh, for Coach DeBoer. Um, I believe that the tight ends are going to be used. Um, I don't know about the frequency, but they're going to be used in different ways than what we have seen. More creative ways, more creative formations. Um, there's going to be more multiple for the tight ends as opposed to just in line like we saw quite often with Coach DeBoard, uh, Mike DeBoard, uh, last season and, and the year before that. I think that is going to carry over, and I think it's a personnel group that, that fits that pretty well. A uh, good mix of receivers, blockers, and multiple guys. Um, so I think that that will carry over. It's just a matter of, players, like you said, with Hendershot, because, you know, I don't think anyone in this group is going to have, you know, 65 catches uh, during the season. That's that's just not realistic for anyone in this group. So when they get their opportunities, they're going to have to make the most of it. Yeah, it's, you know, nobody's as good as Ian Thomas was a couple years ago, uh, but I think no. the room is a little bit better than it was last year. Uh, with with guys developing and, and new guys coming in, uh, so it'll definitely yeah, be it interesting, be. Uh, and, and we'll see. And, and I'll tell you one thing, TJ, transitioning into the defense, I'll tell you who's getting a little tired of James Miller, the IU offense. That guy has been yeah. a wrecking ball at linebacker. As Tom Allen put it the other day, he he likes to hit people, and that's what you want in a yep. linebacker. But I know the IU offense is a little tired of of him hitting them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, transitioning to defense, you mentioned linebacker, but what they're not going to do all these amoeba blitzes and send corners and all that stuff. What are your goals right. as a defense in this game? Well, I would say your goals would be, uh, number one, I think the, the goals for the defense at, at all times need to be to have the attitude of, you know, not letting the offense score. I think that's obvious. Uh, in football, that's the goal at all. Um, I think so you, you want to carry that through the spring game. Uh, but I think specifically, I'd be looking for, number one, no-blown assignments. Uh, 
Um, you do not want to have one assignments, mental miscues. Uh, you know, this secondary has too much talent to give up the number of kind of blown coverages that we saw uh, last season. Now, they're very young, so it's understandable, uh, but they're a year older now, and, and I do think that there's, again, quite a bit of physical talent. I think just having that mental check-in all the time, and that needs to occur every time you take the field. Uh, so that's a one specific. And the second would be uh, continue to create those takeaways. That's something they were very good at last year, uh, and it's it's something that I, I hope that can carry over, turnovers or takeaways, if you will, uh, you know, often attributed to luck. But I do think a, a large part of takeaways are creating that own luck, putting yourself in position to get that ball to bounce your way. I think Indiana has a number of players that are really good at it. So continuing that through the spring game, uh, creating those takeaways. Uh, and then number three, being able to create uh, pressure on the passer. I know you're not going to have, you know, get into the backfield and, and get a lot of sacks. You're not going to, like you said, you're not going to have any exotic blitz packages. Um, but just, you know, do your best as a defensive end or as a linebacker uh, or an interior guy to, to beat your man one-on-one and get into the backfield and create pressure uh, because creating pressure on the quarterback is what leads to those takeaways a lot of times, and it's something Indiana, uh, I know, they're looking for that. They're looking for difference makers uh, at either rush end or um, at defensive end, kind of bull position to be difference makers and, and come up with those big plays. Uh, Michael Ziemba is a guy you mentioned, James Head you mentioned, uh, Alan Stallings, another player that you, know, you hope can take a step up. Uh, and then Madison Norris is somebody that, you know, the coaches have talked about, uh, we've written about on the site, um, a player that has a lot of potential. You just wonder, um, you know, is he ready to help you, even in situational packages, uh, with his frame? And I, I think the answer, based on what I've heard, is yes, he is ready to do that. Uh, and be one of those difference makers because of his raw speed. Um, so I'd be interested to see that as well, kind of a first glimpse at how Madison Norris might be used in this defense because I think potential is there to have a pretty unique player. Yeah, he's he's actually been impressive. And when they put him and James Head at both ends, that's a lot of speed for an offensive line uh, to deal with. And, and one of the practices that I was at – you know, they had – Madison Norris had a great practice. He got to the quarterback three or four times. But, you know, the offensive line had to choose, do we do we block Norris or do we block the blitzing linebacker coming up to, to you know, fill that that gap, block either of them. Uh, and, you know, that that's one concern is the offensive line. And, and you know – the offensive line, the, the, the starting five, you feel very comfortable with. It's behind there. You have to, you, you have to build some depth, and that's where you know some of these guys who are nicked up and haven't been practicing. That's where a blessing in disguise and getting these guys reps against the defense who has been flying around and dominating most of practice. Uh, for me, the the goal for the defense, uh, I think, is is bring energy. Uh, they've brought energy all spring. Uh, they, you know, it's something that the offense has 
they haven't had the momentum for for a lot for many of the practices, and the offense kind of has to generate its own energy, uh, you know, kind of fake it till you make it type of thing. I thought Saturday's practice was the best back and forth that I've seen, uh, in terms of the offense, the offense, uh, you know, the defense won once or twice, and the offense counter punches, and and you saw, you know, coaches and players drawing at each other like not drawing at each other, but, you know, the, the banter back and forth and some yeah. friendly trash talking, and that was good to see. So, you know, from an offensive standpoint, they need to bring energy. If they don't have energy on Friday night, uh, it's a little bit concerning. Uh, defensively, I expect them to bring the energy. I expect them to, you know, be the better side of the ball on Friday night just because they've been the better side of the ball all spring. Uh, and you're right. Takeaways are a lot of times determined on luck uh, and, and things like that. You know, a fumble bounces out of bounds. A fumble, you know, it's an odd shaped ball. It can bounce anywhere. You know, an interception, you know, it falls a couple inches short or is a couple inches too high and, and things like that. But I expect the defense, you know, at least to showcase its speed, uh, put itself in situations to succeed. Uh, much like they did in 2017 when they, they, I think they led the nation or led the Big Ten in three and outs and um, and really, you know, get into good situations for themselves and use that energy. Because one, once they get rolling, and it's been like that in practice, once they get rolling, they're, they're, a hard, they're hard to stop. You know, whether it's, you know, they pick off a pass, they stop the offense on the goal line, they, make a fourth down play once they get one usually two or three good things happen behind that and that's what's been impressive about the defense and that's what I'm looking for out of the defense as well uh and then maybe seeing guys play in different positions you know Cam Jones has played safeties playing linebacker this half of spring Marcelino yeah. Ball has has, has uh, bounced around on Saturday they had him at at defensive end they had him as wow. uh, you know, they had him as that stand-up rusher off the end, and um, that's how, you know one of those like a stand-up linebacker, and, and that he has the speed and the skill to make that that work. Now I don't know if you'll see that on on uh, in the spring game, but that's one of the the packages that they've 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 showed in practice and you know it was kind of you you rub your eyes and you go oh okay uh it's marcelino and and he's looked good he looks like he's back healthy 100 percent. and you know brian fitzgerald is there devin matthews is back there uh the secondary is just tremendously talented and, and speedy so final tj what is your final takeaway for the spring game on friday night yeah, I mean, one player that I'll mention real quick that I'm also interested to see on defense, a uh, player for Indiana, but a new player on the defensive side of the ball, Reese Taylor. Uh, sounds like he has, you know, moved pretty well and fit in well in the defensive back room as a cornerback. Uh, interested to see that for myself. Um, you know, I was hoping to see him end up uh, on the offense, but it sounds like it's a move that Reese Taylor wanted, the, the coaching staff understood, and felt that it was best for the team and it sounds like it might actually work and that's that'd be great for all parties for sure um so my final 
takeaway for the spring. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not going to lecture fans about what to take out of it or anything like that. Um, you know, I think what you want to think, obviously it's, uh, that being said, I, I would caution, um, you know, if, if the offense looks boring, uh, on Friday night or, um, you know, somewhat uninspiring play selection again, as, Oh, it's going to be same old, same old Indiana offense. Uh, and it's going to be, oh, why'd we hire this guy? Why is everybody so excited? Uh, I just, I don't think that the, that's a wise course of action. I don't think it's fair uh, to Kalen DeBoer or to the hire. Um, I don't think it's a sign of things to come uh, during his tenure as offensive coordinator. Um, but the biggest thing I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, besides just you know Indiana football, because that's a lot better than most of uh, anything else we could watch. Um, I'm just really looking forward to seeing kind of the players that were not disappointed, not disappointing last year, but just um, guys you were hoping for a little bit more from, guys like Marcelino Ball, uh, guys like some of the receivers, which a lot of that's out of their control. Uh, I think the effort was there all season. It just things didn't quite click. I'm ready to kind of see what those guys have been doing during the off season. Um, because I, I've, you know, we've heard the work is there. We've heard the efforts there. The want to is there. Uh, you know, this is just kind of another public step uh, to, to making this coming season uh, one that we, you know, are looking forward to and, and won't be able to forget with the results on the field. Uh, I'm just, yeah. I'm excited for this to be that, that kind of first public step, if you will, uh, declaration that this year is going to be different. Yeah, well, IU fans have heard that for a very, very oh, sure. long time. This sure. year is going to be different. This yep. is the year we break through. This is the year we we hired a new strength coach. We, but you know, you know, you know the record as as much as I do. Um, and oh yeah, it, it's kind of overplayed. It's a so, broken record. You know, it is. It is. Yeah. So you know, for me. Look, if people want to riot after the spring game because the offense doesn't look explosive enough, you know what, man, get a life. Um, or, or go riot. It's little five. I don't care. Um, but it, it's something that, you know, you now are paying the offensive coordinator um, real money. You're paying him $800,000, which is as competitive as they get at the offensive coordinator position. Uh, it's what Ohio State, Kevin Wilson, I believe, it's what a lot of big programs pay their offense coordinator. Uh, so you've got to put a little bit of trust that he knows what he's doing. Um, you're only going to see one quarterback in game situations. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of the, the top guys and, and things like that. So take it for what it is. It's practice 15 out of 15 spring practices. It's a chance for this team to get better. Uh, are they going to be perfect? No. They're installing a new offense, uh, and the defense is still young, but it's a chance to hopefully be outside in good weather, enjoy a day of football, and have something positive to hang your hat on going into fall camp. Uh, now, if the offense comes out and they, they drop passes and fumble stats and stuff like that, yeah, the, the grumbling is going to start, and 
and I, yeah. I don't blame people, but, it, you know, if, if they look crisp, they complete passes, even if the offense looks more like it did last year than it than people think that it should, that's fine, whatever. But it, it's a chance to tap off spring practice on the right foot and, and grab something positive and, and head into um, into the break before fall camp. Uh with that being said, TJ, I do want to go into the creaming, uh, the crimson uh, game activities or festivities around Bloomington uh, uh-huh. uh, on Friday night. The game kicks off, or kicks off will start. Uh, you know, there's probably no kickoff, but it's at 7:05 on Friday, April 12th at Memorial Stadium. The game and parking is free. Uh, regular security measures will be in fe- in, a, in effect, so there'll be metal detectors. And the clear bag policy is in effect. So if you're bringing your family and you have stuff, please use your clear bag. Those policies will be in effect because I know if I went down and had my backpack and, you know, Sarah had her purse and stuff like that, and I didn't know that the clear bag policy was in effect, I'd be pissed. Uh, if they say, hey, we can't let you in, you drive down from wherever you're driving from and, and not not uh, allowed in. If you can't make it to the game, the game will be televised live on BTN. Um, fans can enter the stadium on the south, on the east side of the stadium, the south end zone entrance, and the north end zone. So gates E5, E3, E5, and E7 uh, will be open. Gates are open at 4:30. There is a youth football clinic on the Memorial Stadium field from 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, Children ages 5 to 12 are invited to participate. They have a waiver on iuhoosiers.com that you can print out, fill out. Uh, it's That's always fun to get the kids uh, going on that. They have a spring game tailgate party as well uh, from 5 to 7. And that is in um, spring uh, tailgate and fan zone. It's free hot dogs, brats, chips, and drinks. Uh, on the sample terrace and not whole park. So on the south end zone where the block Indiana is up there, it'll be up there. And uh, they'll have inflatable games, a selfie station, all the fun stuff that, that people do at games nowadays. There are special behind-the-scenes so- to- behind tours of Memorial Stadium between 5.30 and 6.30. And then, of course, you have the game starting at 7. Um Halftime coach Allen will speak of recognized players uh, for spring practice awards after the game. Uh, guys will sign, sign autographs on the field. So as long as the weather holds and it looks like right now it should, uh, that's a fun Friday evening to, you know, take the kids after school, uh, take the family down uh, and get into Memorial Stadium, see all the new things, see the team, uh, get some free food, enjoy yourself and, uh, you know, hope kick Big, big weekend down in Bloomington. But, TJ, thanks for joining me uh, and for the rest of your evening. Absolutely. Yeah, hope everybody uh, is able to either watch or, or attend on Friday and, uh, you know, see the Hoosiers um, in action, if you will, for the first time, uh, the 2019 version of the Hoosiers. I know I'm excited about it. We'll have full coverage on Hoosier Huddle. Yep, and – with that, that concludes the Hoosier Huddle podcast, previewing the spring game. You can head over to HoosierHuddle.com for all our practice recaps. Uh, you can search it in the search bar or just go back by date. 
uh, and all of those things. For all your Hoosier news, head over to Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. We appreciate your readership, your fellowship, uh, and all of those things. Enjoy this warm spring weather. Hopefully it sticks around, and we'll talk further after the spring game, uh, and enjoy it. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.